is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel's Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. Are you willing to follow the Lord? Do you want to follow Him? If so, guess what? You get entered into His intense discipleship program. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's intense. It's not easy. There are some serious lessons that we learn. It's hard. We don't always understand, but we know we need to walk by faith. Sometimes we have fear, but we trust in Him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So what Jesus is preparing his people for is mind-blowing. Pastor Troy asks a difficult but crucial question to our faith today. Are you willing to follow the Lord? The road to follow Jesus is intense. There are times when you may question if the path of discipleship is even worth following. But these are the times when you must draw near to God you lean on God when you're weak, He will be there for you. Today, intentionally choose to follow God no matter the path. Now, here's Pastor Troy in John chapter 11 as he continues his message, Intense Discipleship with Jesus. God loves, and He loves you, He loves them, He loves others. We've got to look through that lens and interpret things rather than filtering His love through circumstances. That's the opposite. The opposite is, here's my circumstance, and so God must not love me. Or here's the circumstances, and so God must not care. Or maybe my faith just failed, and so we could be the failure because, well, look at my circumstances, and so I'm gauging him based upon this. Don't ever do that. God is in control. God is sovereign. God loves, and he is in control. Don't blame anything or anyone else on anything catastrophic. God knows what he's doing. I don't have all the answers again, or or I'd be a wealthy man. Although I am pretty wealthy. In Christ, I think what I have now in Christ is better than any money you could ever give. But as Christians, we have those questions. We desire to know, but he doesn't always let us know. But here's what we got to do. We've got to learn to go, God, I know you love me. I know you love them. And I'm going to interpret this in light of that love. You must have good for this, for some reason. Job was able to do that. Now, no one around Job was apparently able to do that, including his wife. There's nothing like having a hard day coming to your wife. Well, just curse God and die. That's all I got. Like, Thank you, honey. But Job said, Even though he slay me, I'll trust him. I don't know why. And God, though you don't replace children, you can't replace children, you can't replace certain things, God blessed Job abundantly. 
And see, God's not as much worried about what we experience here, what we have here, what we get to follow through with here, as much as what's in heaven. That's where we live. That's where our mindset is to be. And here, we serve Him until He's done with us. See, if we get it reversed, you're going to find yourself questioning the love of God a lot. Because a lot of things happen in this world we don't have an answer for that don't look loving, like waiting two extra days. That does not look loving to me. But God loves. It says here, He loved them. And so we've got to have that interpretation by faith. So Jesus delays, not because he doesn't love them enough, but because he loves them. And he has foresight in his direction. So verse 8. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day... He does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Come on, guys. Knock, knock, knock. Come on. He's dead. All right? And I am glad, verse 15, for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, well, let us go that we may die with him. That's Thomas. You know, he's a half-empty kind of guy. Like, always, I'm not going to believe it. He's alive. No, I'm not going to believe it. No. I don't leave until I see him. That was kind of Thomas. We'll talk about Thomas here in the end. But Thomas was his. And Thomas would grow in his faith also. Remember, this is an intense discipleship class for these guys. And they are learning. So let's talk about that. Jesus' followers are discipled. They're being discipled here. They're being taught. They're going to see some things that they need to see. Remember, we said that Jesus is moving away from the public ministry where he just teaches whoever, and he's focusing intently on building up his disciples with this intense discipleship program. He's going to be sending them out. That's why. Without him. And they're going to need to be reassured of a few things. They're going to need to know a few things before they go out. And that's why these things are so important, because these guys are going to go out and preach the gospel, this message, to the world. So they need to be ready, and they need to see what they're about to see. They need to experience this. So Jesus now says, all right, it's time to go. A couple days later, but it's time to go. The disciples respond, well, they want to kill you down there. I don't think we should go. And Jesus, he goes off and he says this, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. It's like, uh, oh, okay. I just thought, you know, if we went down there, they'd kill you. And you're talking about 12 hours. Besides that, there's 24 hours in a day. Well, nah. See, they understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. It was a Jewish expression. The Jews understood their calendar to be divided into two equal parts, 12 hours of evening, night, darkness, and 12 hours of daytime, time to work. So what he's saying is this, 
When it's daytime, it's time to work. Guys, it's daytime. Daytime was determined by the time that he was here. I'm here. It's daytime. I got a job to do. And so you work. When the light's out, you work. It's time to go. And what Jesus is telling them is this death thread, the concern of death, doesn't matter. It's time to work. I've got a mission. I'm doing something. Another thing that they should take from this is that I've got a job to do which is going to get done and I am invincible until my work is done. You only got so much time. We could say it this way. You only got so much life to live and I want my life to matter. Jesus had so much time here. He said, now it's daylight. I can't be waiting 5, 10, 15, 20 extra minutes or a few extra days except on my terms just because someone threats or we're worried about death because I'm invincible until my work here is done. Did you know that you have a certain number of days and that you're invincible until the work God has for you is done? Now, I know I've heard some say, I know, that's why I don't serve the Lord. I don't want to get done with my work. <laughs> I just want to keep living, you know. <laughs> what if I get done too early and then he takes me home? But let me just light a fire under you, oh lazy one. If you're not busy about the Father's business, I don't think there is a guarantee. I don't think you're invincible. If you go out there and say, I'm going to jump in front of a bus because, hey, I still got work to do for the Lord. Watch this. You might end up, if, you know, if you're in heaven, You'll end up there going, hey, I I thought, was my work done? Yeah, with that attitude, your work was done. Because we see in the Old Testament, there were times when the Lord would say, when God says something, it is. So when God tells a king, you're going to die in several days, you're going to die in a few days, which he said to a few kings. But then you'd see, oh, oh my God, help me, I, I repent. And then they do repent and they start to shape up rather than be shipped out. And God says, I'm going to extend your life. I'm going to extend your days. It's not that they negotiated the Lord out of something, but they became useful now. Now I can use you. Now you're on the program. You're useful. I think that if you decide, I don't want to serve the Lord, and you're not useful to the Lord at all, well, you're on your own. Maybe you will die younger than you should have. Who knows? God's got a certain number of days. He knows them. But you can go out there and do what you want to do to yourself. And though some do survive and God's got a purpose in that, you're on your own. But if you put your life in God's hands, the scripture, I've read stories of individuals who do things they shouldn't have lived through because they were serving the Lord. They could have lived a rich, lush life here, but they go and they live a hard life for the glory of God in some small country living substandard conditions, and yet God places them in places. You think of like a young, I think it was Gladys Aylward, who ends up, they push this little woman into a prison. The the big guards won't go in there, but there's a riot, and they send her in there, and she's just concerned that she's going to be killed, but she goes in there for the glory of God, because that was the point. Your God always protects you. You go in there, and they put her in there, and she's like, well, Lord, I'm, I'm in your hands. Or think of Daniel in the lion's den. Those who had taken a stand for the Lord, then you're invincible. Now you're invincible. Until God is done with you. And by the way, when God is done with you, why do you want to be here any longer? 
Why use the excuse, I don't want to serve the Lord, I don't want to finish my mission, because I want to make sure I live long enough. Look, our goal is to be with Him the right way. And so be busy about the Father's business. Give your life to Him. He has a plan for you that gives you fullness of life. You go, man, I did something that mattered. We're all searching for it. We'll search in our careers. We'll even get involved in some way in ministries. But God wants to fulfill us. We were designed to be His and to serve Him and to worship Him. And that fulfillment, we can find it here and there in little pockets, but it's found in Him and in Him alone. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock, so stay with us. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There you will also find an archive of previous messages from verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, and book-by-book studies through the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the ministry of Building on the Solid Rock. We pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. So Jesus says, Lazarus sleeps. I must go wake him. The disciples say, well, if he sleeps, then he'll get well on his own. See, we don't need to go down there. But then Jesus had to be real straight up. No, he's dead. So we need to go down there. We're going to go down there. Verse 14, we see why Jesus let this go down the way that he does. He says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So we discover when Jesus gets there that Lazarus has been dead four days. Four days. So when Jesus raises Lazarus, which is what he's going to do, after four days, they should log that into their brains and into their emotions and understand that when someone is like really, really, really dead, he can still raise them. Which makes it no problem if it's just three days, right? On the third day. We're very, very near the cross now. This is one last kind of large lesson to prepare them for what's about to come. So when Jesus is in the grave for three days, they should have said, we saw that in Lazarus, no problem. It's only three days? He could have stayed there longer. But they weren't. He died and they were, oh man. Then they they were afraid because he appears and then they think he's a ghost. A ghost! What about the resurrected Lord? And then Thomas, obviously, we'll talk about him here in a second. Thomas was convinced, I won't believe. I will will not believe unless I see. And Jesus, in his mercy and his compassion, didn't go, forget Thomas. Man, that guy is always glass half empty. No, he said, Thomas, I need you, man. I love you. I'm going to use you. Don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Touch, see. Thomas made it one of the greatest claims. Thomas was just like, 
okay, I'm all in, you know. And then he makes the greatest claim like, my Lord and my God. He wasn't cussing. He was, you are my God, my Lord and my God. I see now. I understand. I get it. So verse 16, Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Maybe you've had that attitude. Maybe you're sometimes half empty kind of a person. You know, you just see the negative side. And that's okay. We do need individuals who see what's wrong. You know, who come in and go, hey, lights out. Hey, there's dust over here. You know, we need to see that. We need those who come in and see that. That's kind of one of my fortes. I can see the things that are wrong anywhere. <laughs> can you see something that's right for change? You know? But God uses his people and he's working on us. Are you willing to follow the Lord? Do you want to follow him? If so, guess what? You get entered into his intense discipleship program. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's intense. It's not easy. There are some serious lessons that we learn. It's hard. We don't always understand, but we know we need to walk by faith. Sometimes we have fear, but we trust in Him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for I know Thou art with me. So what Jesus is preparing His people for is mind-blowing. It's bigger than anything in this earth. See, this world, this world prepares us for the things of this world, the best of this world. Get a good education so you can have a, the best job. Oh, money. Uh, it prepares us for here. But the Lord isn't as concerned about preparing us for here as he is preparing us for there. Along the way, we become better citizens here. But we are really being prepared for there, to be useful for that which is eternal. See, we're going to live there one day. We're going to be with the Lord one day for all eternity. Everyone we've ever known, well, if they knew the Lord, will be there. That's good. That should motivate us to want them to know the Lord. I may not have you for more than 30, 50, 70 years here, but I want to make sure for an eternity that we're going to be able to have fun. Don't know what it's going to be like. We'll have some fun up there. And I want you there. The world prepares us for here. He prepares us for there. And so because of that, there are intense lessons, are there not? There are serious lessons. Like, I want you to let go of this relationship, which is not for me. I know you're emotionally invested, but it's not for me, and it's going to hurt. And I'm not going to take away the pain because I want you to do this and you need to trust me. And it hurts. That doesn't feel good. Or you get diagnosed with a terminal illness and the Lord speaks to your heart and you don't get the sense he's going to heal it. You just don't get the sense. And he says, but I want you to still live for my glory with the same zeal you had for me before you had the diagnosis. Wow, it's intense. This is hard. Or you lose a child. A child dies. No one should lose their child. But you lose your child. And all you want to do now is not do anything but go to heaven and be with your child. 
And the Lord says, no, I've got a lot of life and ministry for you to live. And I want you to do it joyfully. Not joyfully that the child is gone, but trusting in me. And you go, man, that's intense. That is intense. That is the training program we're in, guys. It's intense. And we're to keep our eyes on him because we don't live for things in this world. We live for something beyond this life. And we are learning to trust him with everything. There is nothing that he doesn't touch at some point in our life. We're learning to trust him. What often holds us back is our tendency to want to hold on to everything. We want to hold on to it. We try to hold on to our kids. We try to hold on to this. We try to hold on to this job. We hold on to that relationship. If I can hold on to these things and still have the Lord, that's what I want. That's the way I want it. But he doesn't let it happen that way. And so he is teaching us to let go of even our own life. Let it go. Trust me with it. Trust it in my hands. And when I say let it go, I don't mean take your own life either. Let go of it and let me use it. Let go of your child's life. Let go of your child's this. Let me have them. Putting them in his hands. So it's the holding on to things that causes us to hurt more and to go through some of the struggles that we do, but it's God's intention to disciple us out of this needing to hold on to everything. It doesn't mean that you will sacrifice and lose everything. It just means you need to be willing to. Because that's exactly what we see in Abraham as our example when he was told to go offer up Isaac. Abraham's example, he got to bring Isaac home. We all hope for that scenario, you know. All right, I'm going to let it go, Lord. Oh, it's an Isaac? You know, and we grant, no, it wasn't an Isaac. I'm taking it. So we understand it, we just don't really want to follow through with it. He's always telling us, pick up your cross, you cannot be my disciple, you cannot follow me completely and wholeheartedly until you pick up your cross, which is an implement of death. Deny yourself and follow after me. You cannot be my disciple because it is an intense discipleship program that we are in as his children. We need to learn to interpret things in his love because he loves us. He's not just some taskmaster with intense discipleship, some drill sergeant in the sky. He loves us and he knows this is exactly what we need. And so we need to interpret everything in the light of his love. I don't get it, but I know this. Like Job said, though you slay me, Lord, I'm going to trust you. One day I'm going to be with you and I know it's going to be all made right. And I know you're just and I know you're fair and I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to follow you and I'm going to serve you no matter what. Because no matter what happens, I'm going to stand before you one day. So we worship the Lord, and it's a sacrifice of praise. Well, we're heading into that sacrifice of praise. Martha and Mary, the tears are shed. Even Jesus will weep because life can be intense. But let me ask you this. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He gets to keep everything he has and more. And loses his own soul. That's what God's concerned with. That's what God is teaching us and discipling us about. So guys, let's serve the Lord while we have life. Let's be all in. Let's make sure that we're invincible right now. 
until he sees fit to call us home and let God do whatever he wants and let's see what he'll do with just 12 he changed the entire world let's see what God will do that's all we have time for today on building on the solid rock next time pastor Troy Needley will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages here on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. Again, our website is buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the Gospel of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Come have your way in us.